chosen the academics about uh, 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 rituals the word uh, rituals uh, is uh, from the traditional gurukula academics point of view is a highly objectionable word uh, because they consider ritual to be a, something which is done uh, uh, routinely uh, as a ritual it's a, it's a popular usage of the word and uh, they think that the word karma uh, or pratu or uh, yajna these words carry uh, more deeper uh, ideas than just ritual so they don't like the word ritual as a translation but uh, let me tell you that here uh, for the purpose of academic research we are using the word ritual as a uh, word that communicates all the things that the word karma kratu or yajna yaga all these things communicate also so like with that clarification uh, let me uh, tell you that uh, i have taken the task uh, of uh, handling four different things one is uh, how uh, from a traditional point of view from a vaidika point of view ritual has been studied uh, as a shastra second uh, to expand the scope of ritual indic ritual particularly beyond the vaidika uh, ritual three uh, to talk about how indologists uh, of the west and indologists from india have been uh, doing a lot of academics about uh, rituals and four how we can go forward using all this material that is already available from all these three perspectives first uh, to start with for the benefit of all the youngsters that are sitting here let me share a few basic points that uh, from the vaidika point of view from the vedic tradition at the time of the vedas being revealed itself vedas uh, coming out uh, uh, in the very early stage itself the vedas the textual material of the vedas cannot be assumed to have come into existence in vacuum so all the studies of vedic texts purely from textual point of view purely from the words purely from the verbal content of the vedic texts have been misplaced mostly because they have neglected the context two they have also neglected the point that the context was inherent within the text itself three the vedic tradition from the text itself from within the text itself has always been a self conscious tradition vedic uh, texts right from the beginning from the mantras itself within the mantras itself there is a self conscious description of the context of uh, life of uh, vedic people and as part of that repeatedly the mention of yajna Uh, comes as part of mantra itself and then you go to brahmanas and aranyakas these are uh, the texts which are the self conscious portion of the vedic texts and they have been repeatedly talking about the yajna and the ritual context 
so to purely talk about vedic texts as though they are not at all in any vedic life context but particularly in the uh, ritual context in the yagna context uh, is a highly misplaced way of studying vedic texts so what is very important uh, from the vedic academics point of view from a traditional point of view that needs to be known by the modern audience particularly the youngsters uh, that are attending this seminar is that the methodology of studying vedic rituals has been laid down by the vedic texts themselves and it started from the mantras and the brahmanas and the aranyakas uh, they have already laid down the methodology of not only performing the ritual they have also laid down the methodology of analyzing the ritual on on both sides they have done that and this gradually by the time of vedangas this uh, has been articulated for example in nirukta the word meanings have been uh, uh, at five different levels and one of them is adhiyagna level of interpretation of the meanings so that adhiyagna level of meaning of the words itself in nirukta shows that the yagna consciousness of the interpretation of the words of the mantras was already there by the time of yaska and yaska is not saying that he is the first one to do that he is saying that he is just following the tradition uh, uh, from others so there has been a long tradition of looking at the vedic texts and mantras from yagna perspective by the time of nirukta itself and then you have a full anga one of the six angas vedangas devoted completely for the performance of yajna the details of performance of yajna called kalpa and from the kalpa only what we call shrauta today uh, the shrauta shastra has evolved and it is the kalpa that has got all the details of for example shrauta sutras and you have uh, today we talk about vedic mathematics and we talk about uh, pythagoras theorem being known already to uh, the vedic people all these details come from this shrauta details only how to perform the yagna kundas how to construct and further geometry only as part of the geometry of construction of various shapes of yagna kundas only and how to change one shape of the yagna kunda to the other shape of the yagna kunda only they got the need of doing the geometrical constructions and the theorems and the formulae like pythagoras theorem and all that so to the level to that level of meticulousness of construction of kundas and all that the details of how to perform the yajna were already laid down in kalpa so there is no uh, need of going for an external methodology for studying vedic tradition from the beginning in every aspect vedic tradition has been a self conscious tradition it has been building uh, all the vocabulary that is needed to study uh, the vedic rituals for example many of the youngsters uh, in the audience might not know that uh, the uh, the rituals uh, in the vedic tradition have been classified into nitya naimittika and kamya there is that one classification 
and these nitya uh, uh, karmas for example sandhya vandanam uh, and such rituals they are considered to be those rituals which with, by not performing lead to what is called as pratyavaya that is uh, uh, a bad supernatural effect an unwanted supernatural effect but whereas the other ishtis other yagnas are those which lead to apurva a wanted desirable positive supernatural benefit from the rituals and uh, among them naimittikas are those which are performed when the nimitta happens uh, as to as a response to the nimitta naimittika ritual is performed whereas the rituals that you see in ramayana like putra kama ishti there you are able to see that you are performing that ritual with a putra kama with uh, the desire of having offsprings uh, so they are called kamya uh, kind of rituals so all these different kinds of rituals if you see the details of how uh, these uh, yagnas and havanas and homas and all these kinds of rituals are performed you would be able to see that the uh, vedic system of analyzing the rituals itself was conscious that some of the rituals are part of a daily routine of a vedic person and some of the rituals are performed for a particular context for a particular uh, uh, reason and other rituals are performed for a particular uh, uh, wish for what they want to achieve from uh, the ritual and there is another classification of uh, yagnas where you see that the yagnas are classified into shantika and paushtika rituals shantika rituals we can compare them to medicines that heal healing rituals and you can look at paushtika rituals as tonic rituals they are they give pushti uh, to the nature which is already there so the shantika and paushtika classification also shows that the, the what sridhar chari ji was mentioning as a repairing nature uh, so whatever whenever uh, vedic people perceive that there is a disturbance uh, at uh, three levels adhi bhautika adhi daivika and adhyatmika levels to uh, as a response to that shantika rituals were performed one very good example for that is in the very beginning of mahabharata uh, janane jaya uh, is shown to be performing a shantika ritual because there is a kurukshetra war the and the kurukshetra war is a big violence it has uh, many deaths have happened at a place and uh, uh, people are not happy with the ashanti that uh, such a deaths have created so the janame jaya is advised to conduct a shantika ritual and for that if you look into the details in mahabharata uh janame jaya goes in search of somashravasa uh, uh, the purohita suited to perform this kind of a ritual and uh, the it shows that the these uh, uh, rituals even shantika rituals 
were performed with such meticulousness, with such details that any uh, all and sundry kind of Purohita is not eligible to do that. And the details uh, to the meticulous uh, level of how to perform a Shantika ritual were already there in the Shastra. And only certain uh, Purohitas like Somashravasa would be able to perform that. And Janamejaya goes in search of him and finds him and gets him and performs that ritual. Only during, as part of that Shantika ritual only, Takshaka uh, instigates him to perform Sarpayaga and the whole Sarpayaga episode in the Adi Parva comes as part of that only. But Paustika rituals are those which are like tonic. The, they are performed for nourishing uh, nature. They are uh, performed for, for example, we talk about Yagnas uh, bringing rain or Yagnas fertilizing uh, clouds uh, and all that. Such uh, rituals are for uh, the pushti of nature. Uh, if you look at the Purusha Sukta, you are able to see that uh, Purusha uh, is the cosmic person. The entire cosmos has been described as Purusha there. And the entire cosmic process of creation itself is being described as a yajna. And cosmic person offers himself, tat purushena avisha, it is mentioned in the Purusha Sutta. So the Purusha himself is offering himself into uh, the yajna of uh, the cosmic process. And then how uh, he is recreated. The Purusha is recreated. And it is at that point that... Uh, the whole creation is be, being described as the four varnas coming out of the newly created Purusha as part of the different bo body parts of the Purusha and all the planets are described and all that. And then it is mentioned in the Purusha Sutta that uh, the, this kind of yajna was performed by Devaha and Tani Dharmani Pradhamanyasan with uh, that kind of yajna that was performed by the Devas the other people started following the procedure and yajnas were created. All the yajnas were created. So if you understand the cosmic person and the cosmic process and how that was viewed as yajna, you'd be able to realize that the Vedic way of looking at all the yajnas that are performed by human beings is what is called as imitation of how devas perform the yajna. How Yajnas have happened in nature itself, how yajnas have happened in the cosmic process itself, that is being imitated by humans uh, through the yajnas that they perform individually. So this kind of analysis of yajna as uh, a cosmic process, as participation in cosmic process, and as a healing process, as a nourishing process, as a tonic process, uh, has already been laid down in the uh, Vedic texts right from the Rigvedic mantras. The Purusha Sukta, for example, is a Rigveda mantra only, though uh, historically they consider that to be from a later part of uh, Rigveda. Uh, nevertheless, it is Rigveda only. And uh, from there, you see that in the Brahmanas and Aranyakas, the whole procedure to perform the rituals and the meaning of rituals, what are the purposes of rituals, everything is laid down very, very clearly. And then you see that uh, the Vedic rituals include sanskaras. All the Shodasha sanskaras, every individual is uh, given 
sanskaras right from the birth all the rituals that you see in your own homes all the youngsters i'm speaking to the youngsters now all the uh, uh, functions they say functions that are performed uh, for at the time of birth naming ceremonies feeding first feeding ceremony and all that they are all actually part of the 16 sanskaras 16 refinements that are given to the individual uh, who is born and these go on up to the death of the person the death rituals uh, that people call are part of all these 16 sanskaras and i am going to talk about how in anthropology in cultural anthropology they are uh, they talk about what are called as rites of passage life cycle rituals and uh, these words like life cycle rituals and rites of passage that are used in cultural anthropology of 19th century 20th century these concepts are already there shodasha sanskaras uh, were looked at as life cycle rituals only most probably there is a possibility that uh, this idea of life cycle and life cycle rituals rites of passage has been a borrowing from uh, the vedic idea of shodasha sanskaras only and these are part of a family ritual these these happen in a family whereas the yagnas that we were talking about uh, they happen uh, at a collective scale in a group uh, uh, fashion in a community fashion community participates uh, in it and if you look at the household level rituals uh, a grihastha used to have three kinds of agnis and those three kinds of agni rituals havana rituals uh, dakshina agni garhapati agni and uh, ahavani agni they were part of a grihastha's uh, life and that was part of uh, family level rituals and at the community level all these uh, yagas like ashwamedha yaga and uh, others that are performed by the king or by other yajamanas uh, for say putrakama or uh, any other rishis or soma yagas and all that most of these were performed at a community level so and these uh, the details of uh, household level rituals and uh, ishtis at the household level chayana rituals at the household level the details of how to perform them and how to analyze them and how to connect them to the text of the vedic mantra the whole procedure has been evolved into shastra that is the shastra is being called as mimamsa mimamsa the or otherwise what is called as purva mimamsa uh, has laid down the procedures of interpretation of uh, vedic texts in terms of these rituals that has led to such a great scope for the vedic tradition to be able to talk about how uh, a text which does not talk about action is also actually indirectly telling about action for example the uh, if you study mimamsa it tells you that if i am praising something i am actually indirectly instructing that action if i am uh, saying that uh eating uh, a fruit is very good oh fruit you are so nice and i praise you actually you are saying you are in indirectly instructing 
that uh, fruit has to be eaten but this kind of analysis this is this almost uh, sounds common sense but we never think about this we never think that raising a particular action or raising a particular object or praising a particular subject content is indirectly instructing an action if this kind of analysis of textual material is all provided inside mimamsa and that is what made mimamsa grow into a science of interpretation of texts which uh, 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 has given to hermeneutics uh, given rise to hermeneutics of uh, vedic uh, exegesis uh, that has happened so we have a huge scope in the self conscious tradition of a uh, vedic system that already so much of material is there mimamsa is giving you text to ritual kind of analysis kalpa is uh, giving you the performance details uh, already and you have in all other texts classification of rituals and how to understand these rituals and all that so all this material is already there in the vedic tradition uh, provided and it went on and on and on and in the recent times you have texts like dharma sindhu nirnaya sindhu which have come handy for people to consult and you have kala madhava kind of books which decide when to perform a particular festival for example how to decide which festival has to be performed on which tithi and all that so to that meticulousness of details the entire tradition of uh, these uh, uh, ritual uh, ritual analysis ritual performance ritual time decision ritual procedural decisions and all the complex questions of uh, uh, what happens to the shaucha or ashaucha and what kind of a shaucha can go into uh, in contradiction to the uh, shaucha that is uh, there in for example uh, if there is a mruta shaucha how does the jata shaucha that is death related ashaucha uh, the supernatural impurity uh, how does it affect the jata shaucha or the, how does jata shaucha that is the birth uh, born impurity affect the death born impurity all such meticulous details have been very uh, uh, in a very detailed and meticulous fashion have been uh, uh, codified in texts and that has given rise to a huge amount of ritual studies uh, in india and if you youngsters can take time and pay attention and go into all these details most of these questions that one uh, parent was raising uh, about uh, what is the rationale behind how to convince the youngsters how to convince the youngsters about the scientific aspect of these rituals and all that most of these questions get already answered in all these texts because they have uh, put their mind into uh, these questions and they have already answered most of these questions and there is a huge amount of uh, vaidika uh, textual material itself that is already available and some of this can remain only in a oral tradition only in the memories of the performers of uh, rituals and because today uh, we need documentation for everything part of the research can go into documenting the uh, material that comes from the 
memories of the shrautis that is the performers of uh, these yagnas uh, that is not uh, documented already in the text even that is available and uh, we don't know how much of that we have already lost but still i tell you that there are shrautis there are uh, people who have preserved this in their memory even today we can go document all this material from them there is a great scope for research in that area also so with that let me now move on to uh, the expanding of uh, the scope of ritual beyond the vaidika tradition in india we have uh, uh, a huge uh, population of india what we call folk population in the uh, shanaginan uh, academic politics uh, people have used the uh, aryan dravidian as words for vaidika and the folk so to avoid that uh, problematic words aryan and dravidian uh, uh, let me use the word folk for uh, the, what is, what does not come from the vaidika uh, all the folk rituals that you see for example the mother goddess worship in villages and uh, all the uh, rural uh, rituals and all the rural traditions of for example what you call shrodasha samskaras here uh, vivaha for example marriage is one of those uh, shrodasha samskaras you have a parallel of that in the folk tradition also and the marriage rituals the details of marriage rituals they have their own uh, caste based traditions community based traditions and tribe based traditions and there are uh, there is a mixture of uh, vaidika influence on this folk culture and they there is there are no uh, avaidika elements of uh, these rituals so if you go into the details of studying uh, folk culture there is a vast area uh, of uh, diversity and variegatedness of how many communities you can study and how many rituals uh, of uh, parallel to shodasha samskaras you can study how many rituals at a family level you can study these uh, folk people have got their own uh, deity altars the mother goddess uh, altars or the uh, deity male deity altars in their own house uh, the gadde that they raise in their own house and uh, the ritual material that they have and uh, the amount of uh, ritual detail that uh, they have like the shrauta shastra on the vaidika side it is also there for example it is most most of the times it is preserved in their songs these songs uh, are usually in the form of epic narratives as part of the epic narrative they include the details of how to perform the ritual and what is the spirit behind the ritual what is the purpose of that ritual and all that from a folk point of view uh, i have studied for the last uh, three decades many such communities in the telugu speaking states and the kannada speaking state and the maratha marathi speaking states uh, for example shepherds i studied the <coughs> rituals of the shepherds if you see uh, janani ji is going to talk about uh, kolams today uh, and uh, these rituals they use lots of kolams through kolams they invoke the deities into uh, the kolam the kolam drawing the powder drawing and in some rituals they invoke uh, the deity into a mud sculpture that they raise and uh, you can use for example the vaidika words like avahana and udvasana and all these 
to talk about what they do and uh, they are not opposed to use that also for example if you if they know that a spirit position that they get during this ritual is avahana that they are doing and uh, after the whole spirit position is done the how the spirit which is possessing the person uh, is leaving that can be called as udvasana all these uh, uh, things can be done and the folk rituals in india is a vast area where we can get into uh, for academics of that and there is a lot of scope for uh, studying that youngsters can take up uh, youngsters can take up uh, the study of that using indic uh, uh, academic categories that are already laid down in the vaidika shastras and compare them and study these uh, rituals from that point now the third topic where i would like to go is the contribution of indologists to the study of our uh, vaidika rituals uh, let me tell you that uh, we when we say contribution uh, and the benefit that indologists have done to the study of rituals we don't mean that they have done anything more than already what has been done in the tradition in the granthas of uh, kalpa or uh, mimamsa or any other ritual related textual material in the tradition we are not uh, saying that they have done anything of that kind we have to remember that uh, for the indologist the audience are uh, his own western society audience so what he is trying to do is he is trying to explain the rituals of a particular tradition to the other tradition and in his case if you look at the indologist who indulges in the uh, study of rituals he is thinking that unlike his predecessors who were studying only textual material like uh, vedic texts and uh, words and meanings of those vedic texts and uh, all the time interested in indo european linguistics or historical uh, analysis of uh, uh, this material and all that unlike those i am doing a field work based study i am going into the actual performance of these rituals and i am studying the ritual from the ground i am looking at that uh, uh, from the ground reality so he is enjoying that and uh, he is, for example if you look, look at the publication by jf stall of uh, a huge photograph uh, based book called agni he did the atiratra uh, yagna study from kerala uh, in a meticulous detail and he documented photographically uh, and included those photographs in that book and he has done a lot of analysis of the ritual in its uh, actual practical detail you have many such indologists uh, like hiskman uh, david knight uh, fred clothy uh, all of whom i know uh, and there are many many other such uh, indologists who have done the study of vedic rituals in uh, meticulous detail when the youngsters of this generation they read such material there are two kinds of responses one is that they get fascinated that uh, these guys have done so much of study that which i even i do not know it's obvious that uh, you did not pay attention to all these details of uh, uh, these uh, rituals uh, if for example if you go 
to United States and study Halloween festival or any other such uh, rituals, carnivals that happen there, the way you pay meticulous attention to the details of those rituals uh, may not have been paid by the local Americans themselves. If you go to any other country also, outsiders have a greater curiosity than the natives. So the outsider's uh, meticulousness of attention that he pays to the details of these rituals and all that naturally fascinates the locals, naturally fascinates the natives that should not go to the extent of saying that they are the authority on this yajna. For example, uh, no Keralaite uh, Shrauti would go to J.R. stall to consult him how to perform Atiratra. Uh, that's not the way we deal with Indologists. Indologist was curious to study this particular yajna and he documented it and he documented it in a great detail. It's a different matter. But uh, that does not mean that he all of a sudden turns into an authority about these uh, rituals. His curiosity is satiated and he could satiate the curiosity of his audience and he was able to use for example the uh, tools academic tools that are provided by disciplines like cultural anthropology uh, where ritual becomes a very important component so what he does is for example his experience is from the study of african uh, tribal rituals uh, south american tribal rituals and he makes ritual as a universal category. And he looks at all the rituals of the world as a universal category. And he evolves methodology, definitions, etc., of uh, how to define a ritual, what is the purpose of the ritual. <coughs> For example, there are theories like myth-ritual relation. What is the relation between a mythical narrative Pauranika narrative, Purana Katha, Purana Gada, and the ritual that is performed. And there are many theories like uh, ritual is an enactment of a myth. There are theories like rituals or imitations of natural happenings. And all those ideas that all are already there with him from the books of Taylor, Fraser, Boas, and all the early anthropologists up to the time of Victor Turner and Clifford Geertz. He, uh, uh, Larry Strauss is a structural anthropologist, he keeps in mind, and then when he comes to the Indian material, Vedic material, he thinks about that as part of the worldwide rituals, and then goes into seeing what is different here, what is happening here, and he places the Vedika ritual within that whole uh, universal material and tries to interpret that uh, from that perspective. That is useful. You can also do that. For example, you are given <coughs> your uh, education uh, from the contemporary academics has made you a person looking at everything universally. You're uh, not looking at everything from a purely native uh, uh, point of view. Uh, from your own perspective. You are also comparing your uh, rituals to the rituals of Africans and South Americans and others. For that, a sophisticated academic methodology is provided by the study that you can see in the Indologist material. And what surprises most of these Indologists, I have heard from some of them who are 
sincere and uh, positive towards uh, Indian material is that this self-conscious uh, uh, Vedic material, textual material that has already analyzed the rituals, they are very surprised about it. They tell me, they told me uh, on certain occasions that uh, in India, if at all there is a scope for developing subjects out of the Vedic material, traditional material, one big subject that you can evolve is ritual studies. Ritual studies as a subject, as an academic discipline can evolve only from India because well before, centuries before, the contemporary cultural anthropologists dwell into uh, the ritual studies, people in India, in the Vaidika side, on the Vaidika side, have done enormous amount of study, meticulous study of uh, ritual. The way I have already explained to you, they have done that. So they, these Indologists have noticed that and they say that out of that you can evolve ritual studies. The way we have already done linguistics uh, from Panini's Ashtadhyayi, uh, we have brought linguistics from Ayurveda, we have already done medicine. We have already done yoga, yoga now, it's, it's, a, it's a buzzword all over the world. But this ritual part we have not done. The Karmakanda study, the Kratu study, the Yajna study, uh, from which there is so much of vocabulary, concepts, categories, methods of analysis, everything that has already been available, we are not used to develop our Vedic ritual studies, which can be part of Vedic anthropology. Uh, this, uh, there is a great scope, there is, uh, the world is waiting for this to happen and uh, some of you, the youngsters, can uh, take this up as your uh, life research and get into this area and develop ritual studies as a part of studying uh, rituals all over the world. Let me tell you that ritual studies does not only belong to religion. There are secular rituals also. For example, flag hoisting is a secular ritual. And uh, there are many formalities in corporate world uh, during uh, corporate life, uh, which can be called secular rituals. So if you evolve ritual studies as a field, ritual studies as an academic field, that will be useful for that kind of study also, that kind of uh, study of secular rituals also. And for that also, you already have material that is available in Shastras like uh, Shrauta Sutras, uh, Kalpa, Mimamsa and all that. So uh, ritual studies that can come from the Vedic tradition is going to be useful not only for the religious uh, side or the spiritual side, it is going to be useful for the study of human life itself in a very broad sense, uh, corporate, uh, including corporate life. So. Uh, with this emphasizing of uh, scope for Vedic academics about Vedic rituals and folk rituals and tribal rituals of India, uh, I would uh, just like to tell you that uh, with all these ideas that we wanted to start the uh, seminar series on uh, rituals, this is uh, the first of those uh, uh, seminars. Uh, it would have been a two-day seminar. Uh, but uh, today it's a very good response. We have got uh, uh, around 20 panelists now. Uh, and uh, we are going to have the uh, seminar up to around uh, uh, 6 o'clock in the evening. Uh, and in the evening we are going to have presentations from abroad. Uh, 
uh, and the valedictory talk is also going to be uh, from abroad and uh, many many interesting very good papers are going to come up and uh, i welcome all the panelists uh, uh, who have come come up with very interesting papers uh, on diverse topics uh, of uh, indian vedic uh, and hindu rituals uh, with that welcoming all the panelists i take leave